I don't think that people in glass houses would throw stones. We've seen Rudy Gobert lose his cool with his teammate, just like Draymond has, right? Rudy did it during the game. I don't think the game's over. Welcome into Triple Zero. It's the anti hot take sports show. I am your host, Josh Buck Halter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter or on X at Josh G. Buck. Uh, hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com, and the email address is contact at clockersports.com. And of course, you can follow the show on X, Instagram, or I'm sorry, on X and Facebook uh, at 30 Pod. That's the number 30 Pod. Same thing goes for the uh, entire site, Clocker Sports, on every platform, uh, including TikTok. Check us out on TikTok, man. We are out here uh, getting the content up and out to the masses uh, by any means necessary, fam. We are trying to grow and to that end, uh, if you are joining me today, please like, subscribe, rate, review, share, uh, all those great things so that we can keep the podcast growing and keep on uh, reaching more and more people. Um, I have to take a time uh, time out to thank, tip my cap, appreciate, show some appreciation to Bears fans. Um, that exact message has getting, uh, is getting across Bears fandom, uh, and they have supported me uh Strongly, I appreciate that greatly. Without you guys, there's you know not really many reasons to do this. Um, it's the pursuit of passion, largely. I am I am an independent media person, so I am you know doing this on my own right now. Uh, we are looking for backers. If anybody out there is trying to back your boy, let me know. We definitely are looking for any backers uh, right now to try to help us again. Uh, do more. We want to uh, take this on the road. We want to uh, be a uh, full time full time uh, beat. You know, t- uh, writing. Uh, beat media outlet rather man that was hard for me to say get out there i couldn't get those words out uh but yeah want to be able to go with them on the road trips and everything like that we are every practice uh 90 of the practice i won't say every because that's not just it's not true um but i met most 95 percent of the practices for real um and we are at all the home games and things of that nature so we're just trying to you know next step is to get those road trips going on and uh, that's going to take some financial backing or just a humongous surge of uh bears fans listening or both whichever one happens you know I'm all here for it. Um, but yes, thank you very much to Bears fans for showing uh, support for me uh, as I am again trying to navigate this space. I am uh, greatly appreciative of all of the uh, of the outpouring uh, and appreciation that you guys have shown to me. So, uh, with that being said, we are going to start with some uh, Chicago Bears news, and uh, we have a biggie. <laughs> Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields will get the start this weekend, week 11 versus Detroit Lions. Uh, the Bears are on the road uh, at Ford Field this week. Head coach Matt Eberflus said that uh, he... Fields is uh, they're they're looking at today's practice as a one of the, you know this week I guess rather uh, as part of their evaluation still uh, but he is slated to start. Uh, Eberflus said that for the rest of the season they're trying to find consistency. They want to see consistency from Fields' uh, decision making and his play on the field. So um, without even having to be asked, he laid out exactly what it is that they are looking for Fields to show. Because the question was, um, is that enough time for Fields to kind of you know cement himself as the guy? And Eberflus offered up, it's enough time for him to show consistency. And I think that that's all they're trying to find out. They know he has the ceiling. They want him to show a level floor and I don't think that's an unreasonable ask um, even if you're a strong supporter of Justin Fields I think you have to be able to acknowledge uh, some of the shortcomings that he's had uh, and I think I tried to do that in my latest article for Clocker Sports uh, talking about uh, Fields has been very solid right he's performed very well in a very key area uh, on the field for the Bears and they, you know that's something I think that should be very much uh, factored into any decision making on his future in this city um, I, and it's very it's very important you know go ahead and check that out I'm not going to give you the whole thing right now uh, but the numbers uh, that Fields has put up in this key area are pretty encouraging uh, even if the volume is not where it needs to be um, that's not all on him it is somewhat on him like I just said in the article I addressed he is, has not been a perfect player by any stretch of the imagination uh, but I think that Matt Eberflus's 
comments were kind of telling in what they believe in him. It's not that they want to see him be able to do anything. It's that they want him to exhibit something. They want him to exhibit consistency. Show that you can be this guy that we know you can be more often than not. Maybe not even all the time because even the greatest quarterbacks have bad days. But 99% of the time we should be able to rely on you uh, like 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 Big Ben. So um, I think that that's a very reasonable, like I said, uh, request, I guess. Uh, something to look for. Uh, and Fields, to his credit, um, kind of downplayed that. He didn't say he was, he didn't, you know, necessarily brush it off, but he said he's not out to prove anything to anybody. He's out here playing for his coaches and his teammates. Um, and so uh, I think that was a good response from him for a guy who's caught in flag from some of his honest answers in the past that I don't, I think was kind of mis, uh, misconstrued, overblown, et cetera. Uh, this one I think was very direct. He's not out to try to prove anything to anybody. He's just trying to, and that's the same thing. They don't, he doesn't have to prove that he can play this way. He just has to show it. And that's, you can say, oh, but proving is showing. Yes. But I think we know all the talent. I, I don't think that there's any more questions about his talent in that building. It's literally about can he find the medium? Can you find the middle ground? Can the routine look routine? And then when you have to do spectacular, you do what you do. But they want to and even feels to his, again, this is what's to, what was to his credit. Um, during his presser today, he said that, you know, there were some things that he was watching from Tyson uh, that he's going to try to implement in his game. And this is where I think you saw some people have some backlash when it was suggested that they're, the coach they're going to have feels watching Tyson Bajan. It's almost as if he wouldn't have been paying attention himself. That's where my, I don't know where everybody else, I can't speak for everybody else, but that's where my, that's where I was taken aback by it. Like, why would you think that the coaches had to tell him to pay attention to Tyson Bajan? You think he's not paying attention to what's going on on the field just because he's not playing? Um, he said that he was very cognizant of his body language while he was out and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm very, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does if he can adjust. Um, I, I wrote in the article, and I'll, I'll just give you this part because I'm not going to tell you what the key area is. But I did acknowledge that he's got to be better between the 20s. He's got to be better with his decision making, um, and that that's in terms of getting rid of the ball uh, and just not taking a sack. Right, negative plays, avoiding those negative plays, and where it's really been sacks. Um, the turnovers are bad. Turnovers are bad for everybody, but we know turnover numbers kind of fluctuate. Um, they can be kind of a fluky thing because it's not always on the quarterback, not always on the receiver, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I, the, the big thing for him is just the decision-making period. Just make sure that your decisions are solid. Um, you're making the right decision, again, all the time. This is, this is something I think he can do all the time. This is not something that has to be 99.9%. This is, this is an all-the-time thing. You can make the right decision and things still go poorly, but he just has to show that he can make the right decision consistently. That, I think that was a great answer, um, one that I appreciated because, again, we don't know what we're going to hear from them on a week-to-week basis, and that was pretty upfront. You know, they want to see him show some consistency. So um, I had absolutely zero issues with any of that. Um, he did say that he was aware. He knew that the, the, the I guess, QB controversy that was trying to be brought up by the outside was going to happen when he was sidelined, but he just made sure that he was supportive of Bajan, something that Bajan and coaches have also said uh, along the way. So be sure to check out that article in Clock of Sports Man talking about the key area that Justin Fields has been very solid in, uh, in his career too, not just like one season. This has been for his career. So um, check that out and it'll be, I think, very informative and something that I, th- I don't know if it's going to sway anybody's opinion, but I think it's definitely something that should be weighed uh, as equally as most other parts of that argument, that discussion, that evaluation process. So, um, Elsewhere, uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is out for the season with a shoulder injury. Um, this is two parts. Okay, we know about the guaranteed contract, two hundred million, some odd contract that they gave him, uh, richest whatever deal guaranteed. Um, we know that, that was the it's the it's the NFL's version of the Rudy Gobert trade, where the price was so high that 
no one's going to try to come close to that. And it's kind of an agreed upon thing. That was an overpay. Um, but he's out now for the season. Um, you know, Watson has dealt with the entire uh, massage scandal and all that kind of all those things. So the public opinion has not necessarily been on his side. Uh, he has not played very well. He started to play better at the back end of the Browns most recent game. I think it was against the Ravens uh, in week 10. But he will be out for the season now after having surgery on that shoulder that uh, has been bothering him for quite some time. And instead of going with former Bears quarterback P.J. Walker, the Browns are going with uh, rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Now, Dorian Thompson-Robinson did not play bad. He's, he's actually shown some good things. And I actually liked him in UCLA. But I think you have to kind of realize that this is the same Cleveland Browns organization that had Joshua Dobbs in their building and decided to let him walk. Right. Trade him, I believe. I got to look that up. Make sure I'm going to double check that information before I uh, solidify. But they had Josh Dobbs in their building. Uh, Josh Dobbs, who went from the Arizona Cardinals, who was helping them do things uh, this season, went to the Minnesota Vikings on short notice and got a W. Um, that Josh Dobbs was in the Browns building. And now without Deshaun Watson, you kind of have to feel like they would have appreciated or they would they would you know love to have a guy like Joshua Dobbs right now who could come in and perform the way he has. Um, again, you have Dorian Thompson who has not done poorly, but he's still a rookie. Dobbs is not uh, the most experienced quarterback in his fifth season, I believe it is, uh, out of the University of Tennessee. Um, so, fourth season out of the University of Tennessee, excuse me. Uh, two seasons in Pittsburgh, spent time with the Browns in training camp, uh, and ended up with the Arizona Cardinals who traded him to the Minnesota Vikings before the trade deadline. I just, you know, if you're the Browns, there's no way you're not looking at this right now and, and feeling like uh, you maybe missed the boat a little bit. You might have jumped the gun a little bit. Just maybe a little bit. Just maybe a little bit. I'm not even going to say a whole lot. Just maybe a little bit. Um, like I said, that'll be during Thompson Robinson instead of... Uh, Instead of P.J. Walker, former Bear, we talked to a current Bear uh, as they get prepared for their Week 11 matchup against the Detroit Lions. So I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here. Kind of forgot this uh, this little clip it here. But I do want to let you guys hear uh, some of Tevin Jenkins talking about his switch back to uh, the right guard spot. Matt Eberflus noted that uh, Nate Davis will be back and inserted at the right guard spot, sending Tevin Jenkins back to left guard. I, said, I think I just said right guard, but he's back to left guard. And the big note is Lucas Patrick going, uh, staying at center and Cody Whitehair going to the bench. I will have an article uh, coming up about Tevin Jenkins reacting to Lucas Patrick's comments of him, uh, compliments towards him. Uh, Lucas Patrick also talking about uh, his message towards Cody Whitehair. So we're going to look out for that for, uh, sometime uh, on Friday morning if uh, this podcast is dropping Thursday night. I'm not sure if it's going to drop Thursday night or Friday morning, whichever one. The article will be soon to follow on Clocker Sports. So uh, that being said, here's uh, Tevin Jenkins talking about uh, his switch over from the right guard spot to the left guard spot, back to the left guard spot uh, with Nate Davis being reinserted back into the uh, lineup this weekend and a, a couple of other things. So here it is. Just the mental aspect of weight distribution. Now, now my left hip all the time, right hip, you know, I gotta get that loosened up so I can just go into the side. You know, we're practicing now, so it's going to be a little different as well. So, we just being understand, understand, you know, what it needs to be. Did you have any same competition whatsoever in terms of the call? Uh, no. Just call. You move over. I mean, Matty was commended for your flexibility. Would you prefer to just stay at one position? I mean, I feel like it's going to be like, you know, I feel like it gives me, hopefully it gives me a little bit of 
we can basically plus when you look at you know, just to be able to play this. Ultimately, yeah, you know, I do what I can. How exciting is it to have uh, Justin back out there? Uh, he brings a lot of, he brings a dual threat quarterback it's faster, like, you know, uh, threatens defense a lot more, he got a great arm, I mean, the presence he has in the pocket as well is really good too. That mobility, how much has the change with you? In fact, you, you got to move faster, you, people have said block to, you know, the whistle. Yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a, he has a, been able to uh, extend plays, uh, he also has, uh, has the ability to save us sometimes, if you like, you know, to beat fast, you can get out of it real quick and extend the play and make something out of nothing. And so there you have Bears offensive guard uh, Tevin Jack Jenkins talking about his switch back to left guard. Justin Fields return to the field uh, and a few other things. Now, notably, Jenkins has previously spoken about how he told Clocker Sports about how it's tough going from right to left uh, guard. Simply just like going from right to left hand. There's no there's no real difference there. He said it's very much a, 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 a an adjustment. He's also said that it's harder going uh, from right to left than it is going left to right. Maybe that's because he was naturally there for last year. Who knows what the case may be. But um, did you hear in that clip? You could hear him talking about learning, you know, having to uh, shift his weight differently and getting this hip stretched out a little bit more. These are serious, significant changes, which is why I was very curious to see how they would try to, uh, you know, reshuffle this line once Davis returned, because that Jenkins and and uh, Darnell Wright, right side of the offensive line, has really mauled some uh, teams over the past few weeks. So. Um, Davis returned today. He did not have a chance to speak. He had to go and work out. We'll try to get him uh, before the week is out. Uh, other than that, though, man, it was it was a very uh, upbeat, I guess, uh, uh, Bears locker room as they go on to face their, their division rival Detroit Lions. I do want to get back in there and ask uh, some of the linebackers and linemen about David Montgomery coming back to town or them, I guess, going them going to visit him. Uh, but he said he was looking forward to the Bears game uh, more than any other one this on the schedule. So um, I'm very interested to see how they feel about that uh, and how they are approaching him. You know, I'm sure they're approaching him like every other running back, but you're human, you know, it's human nature to kind of, you know, get a little caught up. And I guess some of the back and forth that can happen uh, with some of those other guys. So um, very much a, a guy who is, um, or I'm very much a guy who was interested in, again, these little subplots and stuff like that. And I think that this is one of those ones that is going to be bleeding into the season or into the game. Rather, they're going to talk about it heavily. We've seen how 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 they lean on on stories uh, during some of these games, especially some of the games that aren't as exciting, uh, which this has the possibility to be. Uh, the Lions should put up points, but if the Bears defense can continue its upward trend, uh, it may be a, a few less points than I think anybody is really expecting from uh, what is one of the top offenses in the NFL this season. So um, I'm not really, you know, I'm not uh I'm not expecting the Bears to win, uh, but the Lions are still the Lions. As much as I do think that they're the best team in the conf- in the division right now, um, they're still the Lions. And so there's always a possibility of something else happening. That's the same thing as saying that it's the Bears. It's, 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 it's the exact same thing. There's no difference. I'm not saying that the Bears are, are somehow more reliable uh, on the good side than the Lions are. That's not my my uh, what I'm saying at all. But I do think that it, it makes uh it means and divisional games in and of themselves are are different entities than standalone uh, matchups. We've seen that as play out as well. So uh, again, something that I'm I'm very much uh, looking forward to seeing play out this Sunday. Uh, again, as how the offensive line performs with the reshuffling going on. So um, looking forward to both of those things and um, really, I guess excited to see Fields back there with an entirely healthy offensive line. He has not had that. Last he was in there, uh, Braxton Jones hadn't returned, right? You, I think you were out Nate Davis at that point, too. I'm not sure, but I, I believe Nate Davis was gone at, at that point, too. You were reshuffling things. Cody Whitehair and, and Lucas Patrick were, were shuffling in and out of center stuff and, and bobbling snaps. Like, this is, I guess, the 
the most calm things have been around Justin Fields on the field uh, in his career. So I'm very excited to see how he performs. And I, w- I would like to see it. And I, I wrote this in the article. Um, get rid of the ball quicker, man. Avoid some of those negative plays. And really, it's not even the turnovers because a lot of picks I see, and he's had some bad ones, but a lot of picks that I see are trying to fit a ball in tight spot, trying to make a play. I I tend to le- be more lenient in those. Like, okay, I can see what you were trying to do, right? Um, but it's the backbreakers and it's the sacks. You can't take the hits because you're getting hurt. Um, you haven't made it through a full season yet. Uh, and so I just want to see those things uh, improve over these last seven games here. So we'll see what how that goes. Elsewhere, though, Kyler Murray returned under center as well uh, last week for the Arizona Cardinals and got himself a dub. 250 yards, uh, 59.4% completion. Uh, but the most important part, like I said, was that dub. Now, why is that important? Because it's the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers who are kind of jockeying back and forth for position in the top spot of the 2024 draft. And as you know, the Bears hold that number one pick from Carolina. So as long as Kyler Murray's out there doing his thing, you know, takes a little bit of pressure off, hoping, wishing, praying that Bryce Young continues to be the rookie that he is with the uh, with the the questionable, shaky, suspect coaching staff around him that he has, right? And you can kind of just bank on, well, there's that gap already, and Kyler Murray should only get better as he gets more and more acclimated to the season. Again, another thing I'm excited about seeing happen, man. I just, I am... This Bears team, I think, is set up very nicely. I am a big believer in what Fields can do. Um, I still have questions about if it will happen here, um, in part due to him, in part due to the coaching staff. I just have questions about the longevity because we just know how these kind of situations pl- tend to play out. At the same time, if he does show them, prove him, prove to them that he is the guy, uh, then you can build the rest of this roster pretty much this, this coming offseason. And next year, you should be looking to contend for something. Even if it's just a division, you're not necessarily thinking you're going to make a deep playoff run. You should be winning games. We thought that was this year. Um, I had them personally at eight on a good season. I had them eight wins. That would that to me was going to be a really good season. Don't look like they're going to get there. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, and if they don't, that's fine because I reassessed my my evaluation or my expectations uh, a few weeks ago, and that was to just see if Justin Fields is going to make it out alive. Um, we're still waiting to see if he is the guy. He'll he'll take another step towards proving that this weekend, hopefully. But I my. The expectations were not about winning games, I think, after the week two, right? Was that the Chiefs game, week two, week three? Um, really, the week three with the with – the, when they went to Tampa Bay uh, and we saw how they just couldn't handle the pressure and then the Broncos game when they let them come back, I was like, oh, oh, this this is just – this is what it's going to be for the rest of the year. And it's kind of been that for the rest of the year. So we'll see how they can uh, – if they can finish strong. Hopefully they do, and they can answer a lot of questions uh, down the stretch here, hopefully. Hopefully. It's all hopefully. Let's take a quick gander around the week or around the NFL this week and uh, pick some uh, pick some games. You know how I did last week. I I'm still not keeping tabs. If you want to keep tabs, that's fine. But this is fun for me. This is just how I get my my uh, my row out. You know, it just kind of put that on wax. And if I want to go back and check it, I can certainly do that. So number one, Thursday night football. We have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are the home team. The Bengals have not looked the, the same uh, this year, they're dealing with injuries. A lot of stuff. Uh, Joe Burrow has not been the same. He's still been good. He has not been the same. Uh, give me the Ravens in this game. I, I take a lot of home teams. Y'all going to be mad at me. I don't even care. Um, but I definitely, I, there's a reason. It's not like I'm just taking them because they're at home. I, that's really the reason. Um, in this one, the the Ravens are the healthier team. Uh, and I do have a little bit more faith that they will be able to, I guess, beat the, the Bengals, who even at full strength have not necessarily looked like their Super Bowl selves. So, um, that's, that's, I'm going with Ravens game one Steelers, the Steelers at the Browns. Uh, 
I would love to take the Steelers. Mike Tomlin is my favorite coach in the NFL. I am a big fan of what they do defensively. Um, I am not a big fan of what the Browns do anywhere. I just told you about their quarterback situation. Uh, and yet and still, they're at home. The Steelers offense is awful, and the Browns defense is just as good as the Steelers or has, is close to the Steelers defense. So I'm going to take the Browns at home again. I know. I know. You know what? No. No, we're not going to do that. I'm going to take the Steelers because I just ride with Mike Tomlin. That's just my guy. And I, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in this one, but I do make my favorite coach in the NFL and Mike Tomlin to beat the Browns, um, the Browns while the Steelers are on the road. So give me the Ravens and the Steelers in the first two games. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders take or visiting the Miami Dolphins. Come on now. Come on now. Boat race. Boat race on South Beach. This, this is going to be a boat race on South Beach. They're going to send them back to Vegas uh, with one more loss on their record. Sorry, Antonio Pierce. I like what you're doing with the team. I like the energy that you've injected to, into this group. Uh, but you're not the Miami Dolphins. You're not on their level just yet. Not close. Getting the Dolphins in a boat race. Uh, Bears at Lions. I just told you. Lions are going to win this one, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch. I think the Bears are like 10-point underdogs close to it at this point. I w- I could see this being closer to a field goal or even just less than a touchdown uh, by the time it's all said and done, but I am taking the Lions uh, to beat the Bears at home. So beat the Bears in Ford Field. Uh, so give me there. Right now, let's go over a quick recap. So I, this is for me as well. Uh, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, and Lions. That is three home teams, one away team. The Steelers are the only road team so far. Next group of games, we have the Titans at the Jaguars. I have absolutely no faith in anything that the Titans do. Don't have faith in Mike Vrabel. Don't have faith in in, in them being consistent enough to take advantage of a vulnerable Jacksonville Jaguars team that's good, but far from great, right? I just don't see them being able to, to do anything because the Titans have not been able to muster up enough offense consistently. Now, could they go out there and surprise me? Sure. Sure they can. Not picking them though. I just can't pick them with all the same things that are going um, uh, going on out there with the uncertainty. You're starting a rookie quarterback in Will Levis. Um, it's just a lot. I just I haven't seen anything consistently out of this Titans team to make me believe that they're better than this inconsistent Jags team. The Jags will get loose. They got beat up on, I think, last week by the San Francisco 49ers. I can see them beating up on the Titans this week uh, in similar fashion. Chargers at the Packers. Uh, as much as the Chargers, I've, I've, I've ridiculed the Chargers for being an inconsistent team. Um, I still take them over the inconsistent Packers. Uh, Justin Herbert's shakiness is uh, not as is the same level as Jordan Jordan Love. Jordan Love just doesn't have as many wild plays. Uh, he could he could start to get there in this game. The Chargers have not been a stout team, uh, but I am taking the Chargers on the road uh, against the Packers. Next, you have the Cardinals and the Texans. Uh, give me the Texans. C.J. Stroud taking on uh, the Arizona Cardinals at home. The, the Texans are. Uh, Stroud's been one of the best players in the NFL, not just uh, among rookies. And so um, I'm ta- I'm riding with him. I'm riding with the hot arm. Cowboys, Panthers. Come on, man. Cowboys. And I, I need this to be ca- the case because I want the Panthers pick to remain where it's at. Okay? Now, I know I just said I gave the Texans that win over the Cardinals. So that's an- another reason why we have to see uh, the Cowboys take down the Panthers. They should have no problems doing it, but they got to do it. Giants at Commanders. This is a game of bleh teams. The commanders can put up points. They can be a little bit exciting. Uh, the Giants' defense is enough, can be enough of a deterrent to make things agitating for those kind of offenses that aren't necessarily uh, smooth operations. And so I'm going to go with the commanders at home still because they just have an actual quarterback. I have no faith in Tommy DeVito. Uh, Brian Dable, to me, has got a weird habit of kind of, you know, I guess 
screaming at his players, and I don't appreciate that very much. I'm not a big fan of that methodology. Um, he's not. It's not screaming, but he's 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 animated discussions in public, and I'm not a big fan of that. So um, I'm taking the Commanders at home to kind of inch closer to the end of the Brian Dable tenure in uh, New York. I think that's coming very closely, very soon. Uh, you have the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers. Give me the 49ers at home. Uh, they got that that defensive line. You know that they're already a stout team, but then you add Chase Young to that already ferocious defensive line, and it's going to get real ugly uh, for Baker Mayfield and company uh, in this game to me. The Jets and the at the Bills. Bills are going to bounce back with a big one. They thought they had the game, uh, only to have... Um, only to have their, their efforts fall short as we watch. What did they just lose to? By the way, the Broncos marked down the field and kicked that field goal. Josh Allen struggled in that game, um, but I think they get back. Now, the Bills, or the Jets rather, have a defense that can make quarterback struggles too, but they're dealing with their own quarterback issues with Zach Wilson looking like a bust, and they're, he's losing the locker room, and I could just see them kind of calling it in in this game uh, if the Bills can jump out to uh, an early enough or hot enough start. Let me say that. I won't say big enough lead, but a hot enough start. You have the Seahawks and the Rams. Uh, Seahawks Rams are a team that's just in flux right now. They're they're kind of transitioning from that Super Bowl team to the, whatever the next iteration is going to be, and they're just not doing anything uh, really well consistently. So uh, give me the Seahawks on the road, uh, and then you got the Vikings and the Broncos on Monday on Sunday night rather. Josh Dobbs. I'm taking Josh Dobbs. Russell Wilson hasn't played bad. The Broncos have been doing well over the past three games. I'm taking Josh Dobbs. Ah, great name, but that's pretty much simple. Uh, next one, line, finally, Chiefs at Eagles. Uh, Chiefs coming off a of bye week. Uh, Eagles too. I think that we see the Eagles take this game because the Chiefs offense has not been that this season. Now, their defense has, whereas the Eagles has not. That could be the equalizer. However, the Eagles still have more firepower uh, than the Chiefs do, at least proven firepower. So I guess this could be the game where the Chiefs firepower kind of kind of steps up and proves itself, establishes itself as reliable. But I don't see it. Eagles. In this one. close game, but give me the Eagles nonetheless. So uh, recapping real quick, we're going to go through these uh, and and just make sure that we have them all uh, for posterity purposes. We have the uh, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Lions, Jaguars, Chargers, Texans, Cowboys, Commanders, 49ers, Bills, Seahawks, Vikings, Josh Dobbs. And the Eagles. That's a lot of road games. I picked the, I picked one, two, three, three straight road winners first and foremost. Uh, four, five, six. I got six road games. That's not bad, man. That's not bad. I know I talked about myself, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of that effort. I think that that's a good thing. That's good stuff. Let's switch gears. The NBA is having its in-season tournament pay off, and I'm talking about pay off in the form of fights. Now, uh, tempers flare. Right, athletes, grown men, adults, tempers flare. Uh, but what we've seen over the, at least on Wednesday night from the, uh, from oh, I'm sorry, on Tuesday night from the uh, NCAA tournament was a pair of, of of heated scuffles, kerfuffles, right, fights. Uh, Draymond Green and uh, Rudy Gobert. Okay, so let me set the stage for you on this one because both of these are kind of uh, the first one. The other one was not as bad. This one was was a wild scene. So you have uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Golden State Warriors. The game just started. It's zero zero. Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels get into it, right? Little little grabbing back and forth. McDaniels takes exception to Clay Thompson grabbing him, grabs Clay Thompson even harder. Next thing you know, Rudy Gobert has Clay Thompson in the headlock and is trying to, I guess, separate him, pull him apart. I don't know. Uh, but on top of that, you also have then Draymond Green 
flying in and putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock. And that's the everlasting image that we have now is Gobert being pulled away by, by Draymond in a headlock. Gobert later talked trash, said that if Draymond knew how to choke, it would have been a little bit different, a little bit worse. Uh, he said that he's probably won't do that for a long time. Um, I, I Listen, I don't think that people in glass houses throw stones. We've seen Rudy Gobert lose his cool with his teammate, just like Draymond has, right? Rudy did it during the game. Punch Kyle uh, Anderson in the chest during the game. So, I don't pot black pot kettle, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but it was it was feisty, man. It was feisty. And then we saw um, we've seen Draymond getting into it with Anthony Edwards. And he's he let out a rant saying that, you know, people aren't tired of trying to tell him how to be him. And to that, I would just say no one has told him how to be him. No one has tried to tell him how to be him. What people have tried to do is to tell him how to not be a detriment to his team. Unfortunately, it seems as though those two things are intertwined for Draymond. He could not, he, he did not seem able to separate. Now it was just a post. There was no reaction. There was no explanation given or anything like that. So I don't know if, you know, given that kind of uh, uh, presentation, he would change his, his, uh, uh, his response. But I do know that it's not about being you. It's about being you and not hurting your team. If you can't do those two things, that's a problem. And there is no supporting that. I'm sorry, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many rings you've gotten because of it or anything like that. If you can't separate not hurting your team with being playing your game, there's a problem. There's a big disconnect there. And so I think that's where that is. We'll see what ultimately happens uh, with that whole thing. I did kind of bury the lead. Uh, the big news, um, and I'll be, before I get to that, though, let me, let me finish the other fight. The other fight was just AD, uh, Anthony Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers, and Santi Aldama of the Memphis Grizzlies. AD kind of, so, so AD goes up for, I think, a rebound, or he was going for the basket, or whatever the case may be. Aldama gives him a bit of a shove on the way down. Like, like for no reason. It was kind of weird. kind of went out of his way. It looked really awkward. And so AD pushed him. And AD's not a small guy. Neither is Aldama, though. I think it's Aldama. It might not even be Aldama. <laughs> I think it was Santi Aldama. He goes flying, and he's just on the ground like, oh, my gosh. The NBA has done a good job with controlling flopping for the most part. Uh, but there's some, there are still some egregious, uh, egregious offenders. This one was not egregious, but it was, uh, I don't know if, it was, if the push warranted the fly, right, that we saw from Aldama. So um, a wild night, again, like I said, tamer than the Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert uh, altercation, which, again, is not helping anybody on either team. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Both of them are crazy dudes. Uh, but... Just a wild night, and you, you, if you're the NBA, you want this kind of added attention. I know it's not the best way. You don't want to put people choking people, but you want the players to take it serious. You want the fans to appreciate the intensity, and this is definitely uh, something that's going to make that happen. So uh, kudos to the NBA for figuring that part out. Uh, Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls are reportedly open to exploring a trade. Levine has downplayed trade rumors in the past, uh, explaining that the rumors were not coming from him and that he's, you know, he, he committed to the Bulls and, and five-year contract, all that kind of stuff. Bulls have been shopping him since this past season. They are off to a four and seven start right now. And both sides are saying, you know what? It might be time. Now, Levine came into the season saying that it was time for the big three to produce some actual results. That still ain't happening. In fact, they've regressed this season. And so here we are. And the list of teams has been the standard list of teams. You got the, the Lakers, the Knicks, um, the 76ers, the Miami Heat have all been involved. Dallas Mavericks, according to Mark Stein, are not uh, supposed to be interested in pursuing a trade for Levine. So that one might be out of the, the uh, window. But other than that, I don't think the Bulls are going to have too hard of a time trying to find um, a trade partner. I really don't. The, the concerns about Levine's knee should be gone after he played, what was it, 
76 games last season for the Bulls, 77 games, something like that. The most that he's played as a Bull last season coming off of offseason knee surgery. So I think that, you know, in earnest, when you're having the real discussions with teams, with other teams, I think the Bulls would be like, hey, man, he's been healthy for us. Like, that, that, that was done. We, did, we moved past that part. So um, it's going to be the salary and his production. There's reports from Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun-Times that teammates are not um, necessarily thrilled with Levine's accountability, um, something that we heard about last year in the locker room blow-up, so that's not surprising to hear come back out. I will be surprised if we have anything happen before, I guess I would say before the deadline, but I, with, with the way that the kind of com- conversations have intensified around this situation, maybe it happens before that, but still. The best offers aren't going to come until December 15th. So you got another month or so, another month still uh, to to see what else shakes out. So uh, beyond that, man, I just, I'm about time. The Bulls, I've been a big, if you follow me on Heavy on Bulls, you know I've been against this for a while. I think the evidence showed that running it back, uh, continuity for the sake of continuity was was a bad idea. They did it anyway, and here we are. Now you're going to try to, you know, move stuff when everybody knows that things are going south, and we'll see how that all plays out. And then Kelly Oubre. Uh, Kelly Oubre of the Philadelphia 76ers. Reports came out over the weekend that Oubre was struck by a vehicle in the chest and was going to be out indefinitely as he recovered from those injuries. Uh, but now, police reports are coming out that there is no video of Oubre being struck by a vehicle at the time that he said, in the, at the intersection that he said, at all. So the interesting question here is what exactly is going on? Is it, did he get struck somewhere else? Did they just not find the video? Was he, was it the different time? What necessarily happened? And I guess when you look at some of the other drama that could be happening around the NBA, this is one of the, the more intriguing things. Uh, so if you're not on this team, you're probably like, oh, okay, I appreciate my team not having this concern. Um, still, it's all, please, Kelly, Oubre, uh, get back, get back to health and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think it's very notable that it came out a day later, like, oh, no, there's no video. Because we all rush to support him. We know how this all plays out. You know, not, not this particular instance, but like things like this where you rush to support and then come to find out there's nothing. That's why you got to take your time before you do all of that. Uh, but I just thought that was wild to say that there's no video now. Like, damn, my man fabricated an entire striking by a vehicle. That's, that's a lot. What are you hiding, fam? <laughs> what are you hiding for real? And then before we get up out of here, man, you know, we got to give you our picks for today's lineup of games. A good slate. I think a pretty interesting slate. Um, Mavericks at Wizards. That's nothing big. You know, give me the Mavericks in that when they coming off a loss. Um, Celtics at the 76ers 76ers are hot man Tyrese Maxey is making James Harden look like a shadow like it don't even matter that he was that he did not want to play for the 76ers because Tyrese Maxey is that dude right now so give me uh, that's gonna be a good game give me 76ers they're rolling uh, Boston I think um, is uh, is Boston dealing with injuries tonight Boston might not have all their full complement of stars I gotta go check out uh, the injury report as well so put a pin in that one but as it stands if everybody's healthy I don't think they are but as it stands uh, I'm going to take the Sixers in this one I think the injuries are to the Celtics side so I'm going to stick with the Sixers no matter what uh, Milwaukee Bucks at the Toronto Raptors uh, give me the Bucks I think that they try to get back on track they figure some things out against this feisty Raptors team that does not have the scoring the talent to kind of keep up with them uh, through and through you have the Hawks hosting the New York Knicks Trey Young returns to action for this game after missing last game uh, with a uh, the birth of his daughter, <laughs> not a with the birth of his daughter. Uh, so he returns to the lineup to face on his uh, the the Knicks team that has kind of had the Hawks number the past couple of meetings uh, after that whole Madison Square Garden showdown a couple of years ago. So we'll see how the Hawks can pull out on this one. Uh, magic at the Bulls. Give me the Magic. I have no faith in the Bulls. Derrard Rosen is out dealing with a personal matter. Uh, magic. Flat out. Uh, Suns and Timberwolves. Give me the Timberwolves. 
Timberwolves. That defense, I think, is going to be better. Uh, the defense has been good rather, and I think that their team is a little bit deeper and overall better than what the Suns have, even if the Suns have the star power. Uh, they're just not all available, so can't really grade them on that one. They're not all there at the same time to make it work. Cleveland Cavaliers at the Trailblazers. That's not even a question. The Cavaliers are trying to win. The, the Trailblazers are trying to learn how to win. And then finally, you have the Lakers hosting the Sacramento Kings. Lakers found something. Uh, this past game, of course, they were facing uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, who have not been good this year. Uh, but still, they found a little bit of something, maybe with the rotations and how they're they're distributing minutes and everything like that. The Kings are still an offensive powerhouse, and their defense has been better this year, too. So this could be a good game. Toss-up. I'm going to go with the shooting prowess of the Kings, outlasting uh, the shooting prowess that the Lakers showed in their past game, their win, again, over the Memphis Grizzlies. So now let's run this one down real quick before we get up out of here. Mavericks, Sixers, Bucks. Uh, I don't think I picked the Hawks in the Knicks. Give me the give me the Hawks with Trey Young back. Hawks, uh, feeling good. New, you know, daddy for the second time. I think he's going to be right. Uh, Magic. Timberwolves, Cavaliers, and then the Kings. So that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, on X. I keep doing that. Oh my gosh. On the X at Josh e. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. Email just as contact at clockersports.com and follow the show on Facebook and on uh, X or on, yeah, Facebook and X uh, at 30s pod, the number 30s pod. Read the stuff. Heavy on Bulls, heavy on Lakers, Soaring Down South, Last Road on Sports, and of course, ClockerSports.com for all things aggregated. And of course, until the very next time, you already know what it is, man. I'm gone. There's a big disconnect there.